What if you knew your animal better than anyone else, including your vet? What if you knew where to go for information covering a variety of different topics that allow you to choose the care you would like for the furry member of the family? What if this information can be found with even more ease than ever before? Get ready to listen, share, and question what animal care used to be and where it can go. Now, here's the host of Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show, certified animal chiropractor, Dr. Andy Harper. Welcome, welcome to Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show with me, Dr. Andy, as your host. I'm a certified animal chiropractor, access consciousness facilitator, and animal wizard. I'm here today to invite you to information to empower you to know what you know about your animal. We are talking today manners, manners, manners. And why is training your dog so important? With our special guest, Anna Malera. Hi, Anna. Hello, Andy. Um, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to talk about training. Um, and some of the questions that I had posted on our, our little events on Facebook and on um, A2Zen.com was, you know, my dog knows how to sit, but is there actually more to training? Um, you know, people talk to me about it. I'm sure they talk to you even more, being a dog trainer, is we would love to go play at the dog park, but how do I get my dog to come back when they're called? And there's a bunch of different situations where a good recall would be um, helpful. You know, walking my dog may not be any fun whatsoever. He yanks and pulls and you help. <laughs> and is there any way to stop my dog from jumping on people when they come over to my home and other situations? You know, and have you ever wanted to have a magic wand to change anything, including the health and happiness of your animal? So throughout this whole hour, we're going to go over these questions and a lot more, and I invite you to ask your questions. We are live. Um, share your animal stories and join us on this radio adventure. You can reach us in a variety of ways. Um, you can call them in um, if you're in the U.S. at 815-880-8255. Canada is 613-800-8736. And in the U.K., 4433-0001-0625. As I mentioned, we are live on a2zen.fm. You can Skype them in at a2zen.fm uh-huh, and chat them in um, online. There's a blue line atop the top across the top and you choose chat and that's www.a2zen.fm again manners 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 so anna um welcome again anna malera is she's got these fancy little letters behind her name she's a cpdt-ka she's a she's a dog trainer um she's a good friend of mine um she's also the founder of training with grace which is a dog training center here in lakewood colorado she's been working with dogs and their families for almost two decades She's originally from New York City, um, and the for more than thirteen, and then here in Colorado for more than thirteen years. Um, yeah. She's a certified professional dog trainer, and the member of the Association of Pet Dog Trainers, and a member of the International Association of Animal Behavior Consultants. That's a mouthful. <laughs> uh, she's a canine good citizen evaluator, and her training techniques are founded on praise-based, dog-friendly methods, and a fundamental fundamental belief, if I could speak. Um, as their guardians, we are responsible for their well-being and training. Um, she teaches basic manners, agility, puppy social, socialization, paw training, um, and addressing dogs' aggression issues. Um, she stresses to all of her human clients the profound importance that their gentle leadership plays in their dogs' training. Um, she does live in Lakewood, like I said. I, Anna, how long have we known each other? Three, four years? At least four years, I think. At least four years, Yeah. yeah. 
Um, she's got three dogs of her own, Tatanka, um, Meg, and Argus, and we'll probably talk about each, about each of them during the hour. Um, you can reach Anna um, directly by emailing Anna, A-N-A, at trainingwithgrace.com, or calling 303-238-DOGS. Um, her website is www.trainingwithgrace.com. Now, I just read off the boring part of the show, I hope, um, and all the letters and all the things that you do, but I actually I, I have two stories that I would love for you to share. The, um, one, talk about your high heel days in New York just briefly, because <laughs> I had not heard that till the other evening, and I thought it was cute as hell. So how did you become a dog trainer? Uh, well, I'll tell you about my high heel days. Thank you. Uh, I was uh, a, an illustrator and graphic artist in New York City. Uh, I lived on uh, 44th between 9th and 10th, so about a block and a half from Times Square. And I used to pick up my cat food uh, from this uh, pet food store that was right around the corner from my house. And uh, uh, I worked in fashion, and I wore very, very high heels, very, very short skirts, um, and lots of leather and, and black and, and more black and fake eyelashes and long hair and red lipstick and, and always manicured nails and, and, and so on. So um, if, you, if you saw me now, well, you know me. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen I've never if you've seen false, false eyelashes. Let's say it's last four years. But um, but it, but back back then, you know that that's that was that was my thing, and that's how I dressed, and 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 I was a um, a very successful illustrator. And uh, I was making tons and tons of money just working uh, two to three days a week, and uh, and I I needed something um, basically fulfilling to do. And uh, I I would go to the pet food store uh, near our house and uh, near our apartment, and uh, I would go there and clean out cat cages and um, play with puppies and so on. Uh, they were they all came through uh, rescue organizations. So. Um, I started getting requests for going to help out um, in some sort of rescue. So there's a boat yard, and a boat fell on a, on a, a mama and litter of kittens, and the mama was killed, and we have to save these kittens. So we'd run down there and get a box and get these kittens and 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 take care of um, uh, uh, take care of them. And so it started. It started that way. Um, and and I remember my very first call for a, it was a dog call. They said um, there's a building on 18th Street that's about to be demoed, and the construction workers found a pit bull chained to a toilet, and she has puppies, but we can't get near her because she is very aggressive. And they said to me, "Hey, let's go." They called me up, and 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 I went right from work. In my high heels and my teeny tiny skirt, we hopped in a cab, and they handed me a catch pole, and they said, you know how to work one of these, right? And I said, uh, sure, how hard can it be? And, uh, and um, anyway, we went, and we got the mama, and we got the puppies, and, and we took care of them. And the mama was a, a, a pretty pretty big pretty big challenge. Um, she was not a, a safe dog uh, to, uh, to rehome right away, but we worked on her, and she ended up getting adopted into a family that was absolutely lovely. It was a, um, a single man who had two little dachshunds, um, and she came in this big old fat-headed pit bull. Um, and her name was Deuce, and she lived to the ripe old age of, I think, 17. Um, nice. And Yeah, and actually the uh, the month after he adopted her, they were in the news because uh, uh, an intruder broke into their apartment through the fire escape, and she pinned down the guy by his throat and <laughs> held him down until the police came. 
Uh, nice. The guy, the guy was arrested with not a scratch on him, so which is uh, pretty, uh, pretty neat for um, for where this little monkey came from. So it was pretty cool. So that's about that's that's about what I've got about my my high heel days. I love the high heel story. <laughs> it's a good story. Uh, so, yeah. And, mm. um, and then the other one is that. Because we work really closely together with the chiropractic and the training, but a lot of people are like, you know, that lady trait, that lady Grace over there. I'm like, well, that's Anna. Um, <laughs> the name of the business is Training with Grace. Uh, so, can you talk about Grace just for a couple minutes, and then we'll get into um, some good recall techniques. Yes, absolutely, absolutely, Gracie. Gracie, my love, my love, my love. Um, while working with this organization, I. Uh, fostered over 255 um, different cases. And sometimes there were litter of, litters of kittens. Sometimes there was a, a pit bull puppy that was being, um, I guess, tried, they, were, they, were, they were trying to sell a, a pit bull for um, money for, for drugs. And, uh, and so we were able to get these puppies away from these uh, um, people that were, I guess, basically exploiting these puppies. Um, and uh, so there were, there were various different situations that we ended up with these uh, puppies and kittens um, uh, as, as fosters. Uh, and um, I came across this one um, uh, dog one day. She was chained to, and I say chained, but actually just tied with a piece of rope to a fence. Um, and um, she was just left there, and it was on a really, really hot um, August afternoon. It was probably about 101 or so. And she was left on the hot asphalt, um, just uh, chained to a or, or tied to a um, a, um, a fence. And so I came over, and I just I stood, I just came over and looked at her, and and I and I looked around, wondering, did somebody go into a coffee shop? Did is she just here for a minute? Like this really looked like an abandonment case, um, not just somebody going in for coffee, because it was done with a piece of rope, and and it was rope around her neck, and and she looked um, just in bad shape. She was extremely extremely thin. Uh, there were patches of hair missing, and, um, and she was still young, right? Long. Yeah, she was pretty young. She was only about 11 months old. Um, so I decided I'm not going to wait for an owner. I'm just going to go ahead and take her. And uh, and and you know, I, I you know, thinking back to it, I'm like, gosh, you know, they could have just taken her just you know, 50 feet away from this spot and dropped her off in the pet food store that I do the rescue out of. I mean, they could have just opened the door and, like, let her loose in there instead of leaving her on a, in the hot sun. So um, I went ahead and I, you know, you know uh, untied her, and I walked her into the store, and she was really frail. Um, I ended up scooping her up because she was really afraid to walk and move. So scooped her up, um, brought her down to the grooming area in the, um, in the lower level of the pet store, and gave her a really good bath, and I found that she had the sweetest, just cutest white speckly markings on her feet and on her chest, um, which you couldn't see because she looked like she had been covered in soot, um, just dirt and soot. So I cleaned her up and trimmed her nails, and the whole time she's just trembling, and I wrap her up in a towel, and I'm holding her and just, you know, drying her off and all. Um, some food out for her, and she just ate and ate and ate, and, and, I, and I actually had to stop her because I thought she might get sick if she ate too much. Um, and then we gave her some more meals later on. Um, but that was um, that was Gracie, and I, I I chose to just foster her in the beginning, um, just 
like all the other dogs, but the, some some kind of connection happened, uh, and I can't. I, I I've got to say I can never really put my finger on exactly what happened. Um, but the day that someone came and requested to try her out for the weekend, um, I handed her over to this family who who wanted to test drive her for the weekend. And the instant I handed over the leash, I knew that is my dog that I am handing away. And they put her in the car and they drove away. And it was the classic uh, romance <laughs> novel story where I'm standing in the rain. They're driving away. The dog's looking at me. I'm looking at her. I'm crying. And I'm going, oh, my God, this is my dog. Oh, my so, dog. <laughs> she could have waved through the back window of the car, yeah. right? <laughs> she would have been waving, putting her hand up against the glass. Yeah. So, um so I, I, I spoke to a friend um, that same evening, and she said, you know what, that dog's rightfully yours. Call him back, ask, ask, for, ask for her back. So, so I did exactly that. They brought her back. They weren't very pleased with me, um, but the, the, the Gracie story really truly began there. Uh, because of her, I learned so much more about training than I had already um, started learning uh, about being gentle, about being fair, about being patient, about being thoughtful about all the different um, factors that cause the behavior that we are already getting from our dogs. Uh, so, um, so it was really pretty important to me to really understand this dog and help her in the best way that I could. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so that's that's the beginning of my Gracie story. And there's yeah. there's so much more to it. There's the there's um we actually have some of it. Uh, some of it, not all of it, um, on, a, on our blog on the website, so at, at uh, trainingwithgrace.com, and you click on the button that says blog. Uh, you can read more about that. Awesome. Okay. All right, let's go ahead and take a break, and then we're going to co- come back and talk about recall. Sounds good? Perfect. Sounds great. Awesome. Many of us make choices on how to care for our animals based on how it has been done in the past or what others have always done. What would it look like to choose what your pet requires, which may be very different from what others would choose? By tuning into Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show with certified animal chiropractor, Dr. Andy Harper, you'll receive information and options you never even knew existed to improve your relationship with animals in your life. Listen to Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 p.m. Central Time, 11 a.m. Mountain Time, and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on atizen.fm. This is Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show with certified animal chiropractor, Dr. Andy Harper, or more well-known as the Energy Wizard. To participate in the program today, please call us in the U.S. at 815-880-8255. That's 815-880-TALK. Or in Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at adazen.fm. You can also ask a question by sending an email to drandy at harpersridge.com. Welcome back. Thank you for joining me today with special guest, Anna Malera, dog trainer extraordinaire. Um, you can join us today live with your questions and your animals and your animal stories. Um, you can chat them in at a2zen.fm. Um, and then you can send me questions later at drandy at harpersridge.com. And you can reach Anna directly, A-N-A, so Anna at trainingwithgrace.com. So what's a recall? Let's start basics. <laughs> yes. 
Because when I started as an animal chiropractor, I didn't know what recall. I, I don't know. I, you know, I didn't know it had a name. Well, what's that? What's that? Yeah, uh, recall basically is coming when called. When you call your dog, will they show up? And uh, we all have varying degrees or varying varying levels of recall. That so, doesn't mean uh, I run around after them calling their name and calling their name and calling their name. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And and so <laughs> absolutely not. So um, I think it's important to note uh, what exactly your lifestyle is. So if you are an avid hiker uh, that goes out with your dog off leash and in open space, uh, you want to be able to have a rock solid recall to call your animals off of elk or deer or whatever or bunnies or whatever. Uh, if you are a person that lives in uh, a city and within the city limits and never takes your dog off leash, you still want to have a pretty decent recall just in case you ever drop that leash or, or your uh, leash or clip fails. Uh, you want to be able to call your dog and your dog doesn't take off on you. Um, and so there are a variety of, of uh, pieces in between. There's uh, your dog is out in the yard and you're calling them in because you've got to get to work. Uh, you want to get them settled inside before you take off for work. That's also pretty important. Um, that's actually one of the more common ones, uh, uh, requests for sharpening of recalls that I get here in Colorado is uh, people have their dog out for potty in the morning and they're playing and rolling around in the grass and they grab their keys and grab their jacket and they call the dog and the dog goes, mm, no, this means that I'm going to be brought inside and I am not going to uh, – uh, be allowed out for quite a few hours, um, and you're going off to work. So I'm just going to make sure I dodge you, and I'm going to stay out here. And uh, so, so there are varying degrees and various issues that come up as far as recall is concerned. So I want to give you some some really good solid pointers as far as what to do and what not to do in order to sharpen your recall. Okay, number oh, one. <laughs> Number one, what An- Andy actually mentioned is one of the first things that are that are really, really very important is that, that we don't want to run around chasing the dog because that's not recall. That's not them coming to you. The, the other piece of that is uh, that when you call, you're not going to call two and three and five and 12 times. It, we, we, that's not the, the purpose of uh, that. That's not how we do a recall. We want for when we call, regardless of what they're doing. That to me is really important. Uh, a couple of other things. Anna, Mm -hmm? repeat that. You broke up just for a little bit there. Yeah, sure, 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 absolutely. Um, No, no, no worries. Um, As far as as, um, working on recall, the first things that are important to pay attention to is that you're not calling the dog again and again and again, uh, that the dog is coming on first call, and that you are not chasing the dog to make them come. Um, I'm going to elaborate on that in just a bit. Uh, As far as... Um, some things to do right from the beginning. If you have a mediocre or a not-so-good recall, uh, my recommendation is to first start off with management. So if you have a young puppy that doesn't know to come to, to come to you when you call them, you start off with putting that puppy on a long line. So that basically is a leash that is extra, extra long, 15 feet, 20 feet, 30 feet or so. Uh, so you want to have them on a long line, and I call that a safety net. Uh, so if I'm going to have my lo- my dog on a line um, because they don't know to come when called, um, that's a safety net. Um, or if we already have a dog that has been rehearsing or practicing not coming when called, I will also have that dog on a safety net. 
right? That piece is also very important because we don't want to practice behaviors that are not desirable. And so if the dog is not coming when called, that is an undesirable behavior. Regardless of whether it's a good behavior or a bad behavior, they will get good at it if they get practice. So if your dog is out in the yard or out in a field and you call your dog and you call them and you call them and they don't come, they are practicing that not listening to you is a great idea, is, is great success, it's great fun to not come when called. So we have to Because yeah, they're having that. more fun ignoring you. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So they're learning that, hey, it's totally okay to do this. All right, so that's the first piece of it is that we, we plug in management because right? we, we can't keep rehearsing the stuff that we don't want. So we plug in management. The next thing is we want to start paying them for every single time they do something right. And that means you call them, they show up, you pay them. You call them, you sh- they show up, you pay them. Every single time without fail, and you pay handsomely. You don't pay with a mediocre dry biscuit. You don't pay with some kibble. You pay with something that is out of this world. So whatever it is that they totally adore – we're talking steak, we're talking chicken, cheese, their favorite ball, a game of tug, but really high, high, high value stuff. I'm not talking low value, easy, easy to easy to reach stuff. I'm talking you gotta get some, you gotta do some work to get this. I will go to the deli at um, the specialty market and get the best roast beef there is, and I will cut it up into little bitty cubes, and I will use that to recall my, my dogs when I'm training them and teaching them. Uh, I will use bits of uh, chicken. I will use little pieces of leftover pizza crust, special little items that they never really get. Um, I will go ahead and use those as reinforcers. And then you mentioned also a special toy or a special activity, so you, you may want to like really know your dog as to what's really going to work for them, so it may not have to be food. It you, may not have to be food, um, but uh, but whatever it is that you use does have to be crazy high value. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. if it were me as a dog being trained, if I were the one that that was being trained, if you offered me something like toast with butter, I would be like, all right, I'll show up, but that's all right. Mm-hmm. But if you offered me the chocolate truffles with the with the caramel and the salt on top and then like a glass of red wine, I would be there yesterday. Right? So exactly. so you really have to find what is that amazing currency that your subject wants. So for example, my three dogs, I have uh Tatanka, he's my little staffy. You could feed him kibble and chicken and cheese and he would value them all in a decent way, but if you brought him, if you called him to a game of tug, he would just sell his little happy soul for that. Right? He would mm-hmm. absolutely love to come back for a game of tug. That is just so incredibly valuable to him. If I called my dog Meg, my lab, back to me and I wanted to play tug with her, she'd go, nah, not really into it. Right? She would, if, if I called her back for some, some food-based items, she would absolutely drop everything to come to me. So that's what we have to make sure is that we're really honest about what it is that they want and that we pay them with that. Okay? The next thing that I want to uh, um, give you some pointers on is that, is that we also want to look at why we're calling them. If we're calling our dogs to something yucky, that's no fun. So if we're saying, hey, Fluffy, come, I'm going to clip your nails. Or Fluffy, come, I'm going to, I'm going to rake out all of your mats on your bottom and on your belly. 
that's, they're that's they're going to show up in an instant for those. Yeah. No, no not. <laughs> and and um and so we have to really pay attention to why we're calling them. If we're calling them for something yucky, we're going to dilute or damage or even poison that recall cue. So if I say fluffy come and 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 fluffy shows up and I go on to clip his nails and I do that fairly regularly, Fluffy's going to get savvy to that and go, you know what, you're not really so nice to me when I show up. You do these yucky things to me. Um, If, though, I call Fluffy and it's a big celebration every time uh, he shows up, then absolutely I'm going to um, get, what I'm communicating to my dog is that great things happen to you when you show up. Right. Um, so those are the, the main the main pointers as far as recall is concerned. You want to set yourself up for success by having some sort of management. So you want to use an enclosed or fenced-in area, a long line, uh, uh, lots of valuable reinforcers, and you want to stay away from the icky stuff. The other piece of it, when I was talking about uh, what uh, Andy had mentioned earlier about chasing after your dog, if you call your dog and your dog doesn't come and you go out and chase after your dog, what you're telling your dog is that fluffy come means it's time for a game of fun chase. <laughs> and that is not necessarily what what we want to get. Um, that's not exactly what we want to have our dog understand um, as far as the meaning of recall. So, uh, no, so not 10 minutes of chasing me around the yard first. We just... <laughs> yes, 10 minutes of chasing, now I'm going to let you catch me. Uh, so, so that's, that's a really pretty important thing that we, 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 we set them up for that. Uh, the other, the, the other last piece of the, the recall that I want to, um, uh, mention is that to this day, I have, my dogs are, uh, 13 and a half, almost 11, and probably around five-ish. Uh, my, my youngest is probably about five or six. Uh, and even though they are very, very good at, at recall, they've been doing it for a long time, uh, they always show up when I call them, I still pay them periodically. So I might not give them a cookie or any kind of reinforcement when they come in from the yard on a regular everyday basis, but randomly I will. Randomly I might say, okay, come, and they all come running, and I will have little bits of, of uh, cheese and chicken and liver. And I will give give them three or four or five pieces in a row to each dog, and they go, "Oh my gosh, that was so awesome! I'm so glad I came." And and then I won't feed them, you know, reinforcers like that uh, for recall for a day or two, and then I'll reinforce them again. And then I won't feed them reinforcers for a whole month, and then I'll reinforce them again. That variable rate of reinforcement is a very it's a very good way to keep your dogs continuously coming when called. So sometimes they get nothing and other times they get great stuff. But first you must, must, must get the recall solid first. Okay? Must get that recall solid first. If you don't have it solid how long, Anna? How, I'm, I'm sorry, say that again? How long could that possibly take? Because I don't want people to have like, oh, we worked on it for three yeah. days and it's not working. Like mm-hmm. yeah. what, how yeah, long could a really it take? Good question. That's a really good question because uh, it, it really depends on the dog. If you start off with a fairly clean slate, a dog that's never really had any um, negative um, uh, experiences with recall, then it, it may be fairly easy to do. We're also, we also want to look at breeds, too. Some breeds tend have a tendency to be a little bit more independent or a little bit more aloof. Uh, and so we, we do have to raise the level of the uh, value of the reinforcer 
um, we also have to look at, well, how full is my dog? If I'm going to pay with food reinforcers and my dog is really full or is getting free fed during the day from their food bowl, then we might have to change that as well. Uh, so, so the answer is really it depends. Uh, as far as if I have a fairly clean slate, if I've got a fairly young puppy that is pretty motivated by food, the food is, is not being left out all the time, you can have a pretty rock-solid recall within three to five days as long as you're practicing a couple of times per day. And what I mean by a couple of times per day would be maybe do anywhere from three to five recalls one time a day and then another three to five recalls another time during the day. And you should have a really pretty rock-solid recall um, within anywhere from three to five days. If you already have um, a dog, let's say, that is not coming when called, that doesn't really understand the meaning that fluffy come means stop what you're doing and run all the way back, uh, if your dog believes that fluffy come means run the other direction or go ahead and roll in dead squirrel carcass, then <laughs> we're looking at we're looking at having to change um, the behavior. So we have to say, okay, well, no more off-leash privileges because we already know you're not coming. Uh, we're going to put you on a long line. And um, lots and lots of paid reinforcements, even for coming for short distances. So I don't practice really long distances in the very beginning with dogs that have already been not coming when called. So um, so I will do uh, a recall from two feet away, from five feet away, and then mm -hmm. continuously increase until they get really, really good at it. I have to say I have never run into a case that I, can, that, that, that I can't solve as far as recall is concerned. If you stay dedicated to it and you keep it upbeat and you make it fun and you reinforce with what the dog loves, you're going to nail it. It's going to be great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and 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 know when you need when the human needs reinforcements and when we need oh to call in the professionals. Yeah. You know, if you're getting frustrated all the time, that's not going to make that fun. Yeah, absolutely, because you know? it can get really dangerous. dangerous. Mm -hmm. And who wants to go back to a frustrated human? You know, that's no fun. No. <laughs> that's awesome. No fun Let's go ahead and take another break, and we'll come back and talk about um, pulling on the leash. Sounds great. Many of us make choices on how to care for our animals based on how it has been done in the past or what others have always done. What would it look like to choose what your pet requires which may be very different from what others would choose? By tuning into Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show with certified animal chiropractor Dr. Andy Harper, you'll receive information and options you never even knew existed to improve your relationship with animals in your life. Listen to Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 p.m. Central Time, 11 a.m. Mountain Time, and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on AtoZen.fm. This is Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show with certified animal chiropractor Dr. Andy Harper, or more well-known as the Energy Wizard. To participate in the program today, please call us in the U.S. at 815-880-8255. That's 815-880-TALK. Or in Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at adizen.fm. You can also ask a question by sending an email to drandy at harpersridge.com. Welcome back once again to Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio, special guest Anna Malera. 
So along with the radio, I do have an animal chiropractic practice in the Denver, Colorado Springs area in Colorado, where I offer those that are able to join me in person one-on-one sessions that include chiropractic, laser therapy, essential oils, and energetic magic with animals. For more information, head to my website, harpersridge.com. For those not close enough to join me in person, I do offer Skype sessions that include processing and talking with you and your animal. Um, More info to come on the website for that. Some upcoming classes this September, I am doing a free Talk to the Animals class at the Denver office. Um, We're going to talk about animal communication and using the access tools to do that, and that's September 25th. And then September 27th is the BARS. It's the first class um, in access consciousness. So um, if you change, um, would your relationship with your animal change? And we're actually doing something fun that night. It's actually midnight bars. We're going to do 6 p.m. to midnight. So catch all you folks that are so busy during the day, and we're going to do an evening class. So, Anna, you offer privates. You've got classes. You have your own training facility. So what's coming up in your world? Well, in our world, uh, we've got a polite leash walking workshop coming up two weekends in a row, uh, and that uh, that's we'll, we'll hear more about that within this um, next little segment here. Uh, but it's it's basically about how to get your dog to white, walk politely on leash without yanking your arm out of the socket. It's a uh, four hour intensive workshop. It's two hours each day on. September 20th and the 27th, so it's right around the corner. Uh, it's 100 bucks, and uh, you can call Shauna at the training center at 303-238-3647 uh, to register, and um, that's, that's one of the big ones coming up. Awesome. Cool. So, polite leash training. How's it yeah. getting better than that? <laughs> <laughs> so, good. How, how often do you hear about my dog pulls on the leash? I would say probably at least five times a day. Yeah, I'd say at least. At least five times a day. And some of them are may not be the first thing that they mention, but when they do mention it, they're like, oh, my God, it's horrible. I don't even walk my dog anymore. I leave him in the yard. I don't take him out for walks because he pulls so hard. Or they'll come in actually angry. We've had people come in the front door completely furious with their dog, and they will show me the cuts on their hands and their knees from where they've fallen where the dog has dragged them down. And so we've had, you know, some serious um, uh, leash leash walking problems uh, that families have have, have experienced, whether it's knocking them down or the dog has gotten into a fight with another dog or the dog backed out of a leash or or what have you. Um, As far as walking politely on leash, I think that the first thing that has to be addressed is why. Why is the dog pulling on leash? And there are a variety of of reasons why dogs pull on leash, and I'll give you a few of them here. Um, One is simple curiosity. There are smells and there's a lot going on, and and dogs want to smell, well, who peed here and what is over here? And is this food here? Oh, is that goose poop? So they want to get information from their environment, and so they're excited to go and explore it, and they will sometimes pull. Uh, other reasons are for reactivity towards other dogs or aggression. Uh, we might find that, um, that the dog is pulling um, because whether it's a previous experience with a dog or, or simply being frustrated because they don't regularly get to play with dogs, that can actually turn into leash aggression or leash reactivity. Um, uh, so um, there are many, many others, but um, as far as pulling is concerned, 
if we allow our dog to pull, they will pull more. And this this goes, this is the same as, uh, as the recall that we were talking about earlier, that if we allow our dog to make the errors of not coming when called, they're going to continue to do that. So the same thing goes on, uh, happens on leash. Uh, so some of the things that we should look at before even actually starting to walk our dog is, is let's make them comfortable first. Let's first look at uh, can we find a very nice fitting harness that allows for full range of motion in their shoulders, uh, can we get a nicely fitting flat collar? Um, if they're really serious pullers, do we need to use a head halter? With all of these choices that we make, we want to make sure that we are respecting their body and treating their bodies well. Many dogs will pull on a regular collar, a flat collar, or a choke collar because they're not getting enough oxygen, because they're not breathing well, they'll pull to get away from you, which causes it, causes more restriction on the throat. Uh, pulling um, on a collar or a um, uh, a choke or something like that can really damage. It can it can collapse the trachea. It can damage the thyroid, and many other problems can happen. Dogs have been known to get uh, eye problems and and uh, and like I said, thyroid issues and so on. So we can discuss that in 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 greater detail, uh, whether it's on another time that that I uh, that I come and talk with everyone, or um, or you're welcome to email me or call me about that. But we want to start them off. And in that class good. that you talked about, you'll go into yeah, that. and in that class, class we will absolutely yeah. discuss that stuff as well. Uh, but as far as um, uh, getting started, we want to make sure we have really great tools. Another thing that I think is important, and this is one of the one of the big um, um, connections that Andy and I have, is uh, that when we have when we have a dog that's pulling and yanking and uncomfortable and reactive on leash, I oftentimes will say, hey, is there something going on with this dog's body? Is he not feeling good? Does he hurt somewhere uh, that he's so frustrated and he's kind of cranky? Uh, and so sometimes I'll say, hey, why don't you go ahead and go visit with Dr. Andy and see if you can get your dog feeling better and then come back to me for training. Because if you're not feeling good, you're not going to really do so good. Uh, so so that's what I, what I, I, I often will do is send send the dogs off to Andy, and, and, and usually what comes back is, yeah, the dog had uh, a sore neck, uh, uh, a, a twisted hip, or, 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 or something else wrong. Um, so once they're feeling better, they're going to be more attentive. Right. So, um, so now let's say we have, a, you know, a lovely harness on the dog, and now we're going to go ahead and get a six-foot leash. Six foot is a really nice uh, length to work with. Uh, try not to get the really, really short ones or the extra, extra long ones, uh, and nothing with a bungee cord or stretch in it. We just want a flat six-foot lead with a clip on one end and a handle on the other. Uh, the you want to make sure that you get a leash that is that feels comfortable in your hand. A leather lead is nice. Uh, there are some really nice hemp leads um, or cotton web, uh, but you want to find something that's soft on your hand, that's comfortable on your hand. Because if your dog is a serious puller, any of the harsher uh, nylon type um, leads can really hurt your hand. Uh, so that's the that's the next thing. Um, and then the the last thing, which I think is the most important thing, is uh, we want to have uh, food-based reinforcers with, that are high, high in protein. And so I like to use uh, really meaty, high-protein goodies, so cheese and chicken and, and steak and things like that I like to use for uh, reinforcers. And I cut them up into teeny, teeny pieces because I'm going to be very, very generous when we're walking. Uh, I want to make myself a heck of a lot more exciting than what's out there on the road. Um, 
So once I've got my dog on his harness or, or and collar and so on, I will go ahead and start feeding just for being next to me. And I will hold the leash at about halfway down the leash uh, with a nice firm grip but not a tight leash. So that means that I've got a good grip on the leash, but between my hand and where the clip clips onto the dog, that piece of leash looks like a wet piece of spaghetti. Right? It's hanging nice and loose. It's not a tight leash. And so while that is happening, even while we're not moving, I start feeding my dog. Right? You may want to do this in the middle of your living room. You might want to do this in your backyard or in your driveway. But the concern is not so much about getting out and walking. It's simply getting started together. And I think that cool. this is one of the big pieces that people tend to miss. Uh, we put the leash on the dog and we head out the door and we just start, mm-hmm. we start off by getting dragged down the street. Uh, and so if that's the way we start, that's what we're going to get. Um, and so I think it's very important for us to stop and really get a good foundation happening before you even head out the door. So I'll give you an example of um, my Tatanka. He's my Staffordshire Bull Terrier. And when I got him, uh, it was a severe... Um, it was definitely a severe, severe case. He, he would he would bite people, dogs, cats, children, you name it. Um, and I had to make sure that he was safe uh, to bring out in public. And I can I would handle him very gently, um, but I also had to have a make sure I had a really good grip because he would pull very, very hard. I did use a head halter on him, which is not my favorite choice. However, I did need it because I did need to control his head. Uh, if he pulled and he got frustrated and couldn't get to something, he would turn around and bite my leg. So I wanted to make sure that I was able to control his head. Most people don't have this kind of situation, um, but using um, uh, food-based reinforcers are really pretty important. So as the dog pulls forward and they realize that they're not getting anywhere and they turn around and they check in with you, you immediately want to deposit food. That is the criteria at the very beginning we ultimately alter that criteria. So at first it looks like this. The dog pulls, he turns back to you, he gets a cookie. He pulls, he turns back to you, he gets a cookie. And then what starts to happen is the dog goes, wait a minute, why am I wasting time pulling? Let me just turn back to you and get my cookie. And so the pulling starts to get eliminated. We start to take small steps in small circles or ovals. And as we walk, we feed while that leash is still at spaghetti uh, wet piece, looking like a wet piece of spaghetti, and so mm-hmm. we're looking at uh, we're looking at getting the dog to just loiter around us rather than let me go and sniff everything around you. I like to do this with um, a dog on um, who's still um, somewhat hungry, so I don't want to practice this after a meal. I want to go ahead and practice this before a breakfast or a dinner time. And I may start off with, like I said, just in my living room, and I will pay the dog every time he's just loitering around me. Right? I'm not going to pay him for jumping on me. I'm not going to pay him for pulling away. I'm going to pay for taking a step with me and looking at me. That's the way I'm going to start. There's so much more to this, um, but I want to just break down the very, very beginning stages. So don't worry about getting out and, and getting a three-mile walk in. Uh, spend your time more on getting the foundation done. When I worked with my Tatanka, I actually had to work on getting him out of the crate 
and then from the crate to the front door, and from the front door back to his crate, and back to the front door, and back to the crate. And those were our walks in the very, very beginning. And then we progressed on to getting outside of the door, back in the door, outside of the door, back in the door. Then we worked on walking down the sidewalk that went to my driveway, from my front door to the driveway, from the driveway to my front door, and back and forth a few times. Then we worked on just the rectangle of my driveway. Then we added my house and my neighbor's house. And then we went on to the full block and back. And so slowly but surely, we got really rock-solid walking. And the great part about this is if you work on a really good solid foundation first, you're going to have really fantastic walking later. And that's awesome to break it down to that small of a... Mm-hmm. I think people do. They just strap on the leash and out the door, and it's not working. Yeah, yeah and <laughs> well, it's not working. Yeah. I'm not going to walk them. <laughs> yeah, this yeah. is awful. It's not working. To actually yeah. be, be be reminded or actually even told for the first time, play in your living room? I, I bet mm-hmm. little light bulbs just went off all over the place. Yeah. Like, oh, I do have to start that small. Yeah. And yeah. how cool can it be to, to build on that with your animal and Two, you know, it may take months, and that maybe that's okay. To oh, we can do a nice three mile walk, and everyone's having mm-hmm. fun, and no one's being pulled on their face, or <laughs> there's no yeah, frustration or arguing. Or yeah. Right. We, we had a dog um, years ago that I worked with. This lady, she actually was uh, out on leash with her dog, and she and her dog were attacked by a loose dog, and she was terrified to go out on leash, and and her tension on the leash actually started to cause her dog to become leash reactive or leash aggressive. Mm-hmm. And so I put her on a um, a walking program that she had to she had to walk for an entire five minutes every single day. Mm-hmm. I didn't care if it was in her yard or in her front driveway mm-hmm. or where it was, she had to do it. And um, we had this, gosh, it was like a week and a half of just raining. And I asked her about the walking, and I said, well, I understand if you didn't get to go walking. And she said, nope, I put on the leash, and I put on a harness, and we walked up and down the stairs, and we circled the bedroom, and we circled the island in the kitchen, and that's what we did for those four days. So, so yeah, it was really fantastic that she, she, she did that. So. Awesome. So we have, we have to take another break. We've got um, one more segment. What's your pleasure, doing or the not jumping up? Hmm. How about I tell you hmm. when we get back? All right, sounds good. <laughs> and, and you're more than welcome to come back, and we can talk about so much more things on another show. Absolutely. We'll be right back. Okay. Many of us make choices on how to care for our animals based on how it has been done in the past or what others have always done. What would it look like to choose what your pet requires, which may be very different from what others would choose? By tuning into Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show with certified animal chiropractor Dr. Andy Harper, you'll receive information and options you never even knew existed to improve your relationship with animals in your life. Listen to Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 p.m. Central Time, 11 a.m. Mountain Time, and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on atizen.fm. This is Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show with certified animal chiropractor, Dr. Andy Harper, or more well-known as the Energy Wizard. To participate in the program today, please call us in the U.S. at 815-880-8255. That's 815-880-TALK. Or in Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at adazen.fm. 
You can also ask a question by sending an email to drandy at harpersridge.com. Welcome back. Um, we are going to let Anna choose the next segment. We're going to talk about jumping up or chewing. But next week's show on September 15th, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, Naming an Animal, What's in a Name? Hmm. Um, so what, 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 what's your pleasure, darling? <laughs> so let's see, jumping up or appropriate Chewing. Yes, she put in the proper ahead. words. I was not using them. Yeah. <laughs> we don't want the jumping, and we don't. And we would like appropriate chewing. Yes. 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 Um, so I am going to go ahead and roll with jumping up. Cool. Okay. So no jumping up. Uh, so they just have to come back and listen to us again when we talk about appropriate. That's chewing. right. We talk All about right. chewing. Right. Um, the jumping up, this is actually a, a fairly common behavior. Uh, and the reason I, uh, I was just kind of rolling it through my head here going, hmm, I think jumping up, we have to look at first why are the dogs jumping up. And the, the, one of the things that I run into oftentimes is people say, that, gosh, the dog just jumps up and jumps up and jumps up, and I can't get him to stop. I have squirted him with the water bottle. I have kneed him in the chest. I have pinched his toes, I've yelled at him, I've swatted him, and it sounds, uh, to me, it just breaks my heart to hear that these dogs are getting um, not, they're, they're getting treated not so nicely. And oftentimes, dogs jump up simply because of anxiety, not necessarily to be bossy or pushy or, um, or get what they want. Um, I see it a lot more often that dogs are jumping up out of anxiety. And so I think it's important to give them some guidance and find a, an incompatible behavior rather than the jumping up. So, for example, in my household, I want butts on the ground before I, um, before I greet my dogs. Uh, I also do a jump up on me, so put your paws up on my shoulders or on my chest, on cue. So I ask for it on cue. So I do teach that as a separate behavior uh, so that I don't have a dog jumping up on me thinking that it's okay and then me getting upset because they just got muddy paws on, um, you know, nice clean clothes or something like that um, or scratching my legs, you know, if I'm wearing shorts. So um, so that's the first thing is to figure out, well, why is your dog jumping up? Uh, if you're holding food in your hand and your jo dog is jumping up to snatch the food out of your hand, then we have to work on some impulse control. Um, we'll get into that as well. Um, the, if I am coming in the door and my dog is very anxious and wiggling and jumping and turning sideways and turning sideways and yawning and stopping to scratch and giving multiple signals of stress, uh, which, again, is a whole other topic we can get into and we can talk for days. Um, that will be the, the three-day show. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but as far as the, um, the reasons, you can generally tell if a dog um, has some sort of motivation behind it. If they jump up and they often get reinforced for it, so uh, hugging and kissing and petting and all that stuff, uh, or even something that might seem negative. The dog jumps up and you take the dog by his shoulders and push him down off of you, all the while saying, no, no, no jumping, you stay down. The dog may interpret that as a good reaction from you, as a positive reaction from you, meaning, wow, that was really effective. I jumped up and they interacted with me. 
Okay, so so that that would be the first thing is to kind of dissect why it is that it's happening. Let's say we know that the dog is jumping up to seek attention, which is one of the more common reasons that they jump up. So they're jumping up to seek attention. The first thing that we want to do is not give them attention. Right? That's going to be the first thing, uh, whether it's turning your back or stepping away or, or, or what I call walking through them. They, they jump up onto us and we walk forward as if they're not even there. They're going to step aside. Uh, if we have a real severe jumper that's really clawing at you and, and, and really climbing all over you, then we have to look at some sort of management, uh, whether it's uh, if there's another family member at home before you get home, maybe you can have that family member hold on. Uh, hold on to your dog um, on a leash or put the dog in a crate until the dog comes down and then is allowed to let out, to be let out. Um, that's what we want to look at first. Are they jumping up for attention? If they are, you can actually intercept that with some reinforcers. This is what I mean. You come home from work, right? We're going to use different examples of this, but you come home from work, you come in the door, and you already have a handful of um, small little cut-up pieces of little bits of cheese or little um, dry, little teeny tiny dry cookies, and you immediately come in, put your fistful of food right up to their nose as they're coming towards you, and then drop the cookies on the floor. So the cookies scatter, and the dog immediately starts lowering his nose and starts picking up the cookies off the floor. That's when you can go ahead and start petting the dog. There are other factors um, that are important here. Uh, You want to make sure that you catch the dog's all four feet are on the ground before you drop that food. That, this is a um, this is what I call a, a band-aid or a, or a or a management until we start to do the training. Uh, so you're coming in the door now. The dog is starting to practice. I come in and I immediately put my nose to the ground rather than you come in and the dog starts jumping up on you. Okay. So brew on that one for a little bit. <laughs> All right, we will. Let, let, let me do this, and then you'll have probably about a minute to give us another tip. Yeah, um, absolutely. Tell us again really quick, police leash, bleh, polite leash training, September 20th and the 27th. So it's a four-hour total class. Four hours total, two hours each time. Call 303-238-DOGS or 3647, uh, and talk to Shauna about getting yourself on the list to uh, to join us. Uh, there are tons of information on our website, which is trainingwithgrace.com. Uh, and um, what else? You tell me, Andy. <laughs> no, that's good. And then in, in, you can always get a hold of me at harpersridge.com, and we can get you in touch with Anna either way. A free talk to the animals class, September 25th at my office at Harper's Ridge. Um, okay, you've got probably one more minute. What's the last tip you'd like to leave everyone with? The last tip as far as jumping up, uh, prevention is the most important piece. If you can catch that nose with a cookie and drop those cookies to the ground, that's going to be the best way to intercept the jumping up. All righty then. Thank you. Awesome. Cool. So we'll definitely have Anna back, um, and we'll talk about more um More stuff. Who knows what we'll bring next time. Until next week, how much fun can you have with your animal? Bye. Thank you for choosing to listen to Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show. Dr. Andy will return next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 p.m. Central Time, 11 a.m. Mountain Time, and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on AtoZen.fm. We hope you'll join us. Until then, just how much magical fun can you have?